You're listening to the free Tracks to Relax sleep meditation podcast. And I want you to know that our free podcast episodes come and go from time to time, but all our episodes are always available to premium subscribers. Visit TracksToRelax.com and become a premium member today, so you'll never miss your favorite episodes. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Our podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. These days, it seems there's no shortage of things that can stress us out. The cost of living trying to find some time for ourselves in our busy lives, the challenges of raising a family, and even coping with the growing demands at work can all make us feel stressed and overloaded. When we keep stress inside and let it build up, it can affect us negatively both mentally and physically. Therapy provides a safe place to get things off your chest and learn effective techniques and strategies to work through whatever is weighing you down. When I chose online therapy, I chose BetterHelp, and it made a huge difference in my life. I was able to schedule my sessions when they were convenient for me, and my licensed therapist was knowledgeable and friendly. It felt really good to get things off my chest instead of trying to deal with everything myself. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Just complete a short online questionnaire, and you'll be matched with a friendly, licensed therapist in under 48 hours. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Guided Sleep to get 10% off your first month. That's Better, H-E-L-P dot com slash Guided Sleep. You're listening to Tracks to Relax, the most relaxing way to end your day. In this episode, we'll be reading Chapter 3 of The Secret Garden by Francis Hodgson Burnett. After the story, we'll segue into a nice relaxing meditation to help you relax even more and drift off to sleep if you haven't already. Because this audio session is designed to help you relax and fall asleep, never listen to this audio session while driving or doing anything that requires your attention. So take a moment before we get started to make sure you're nice and comfortable in a place where you can enjoy a lovely sleep. And remember that you can drift off while listening to this story at any time you'd like. So let's begin. Chapter 3 Across the Moor 
She slept a long time, and when she awakened, Miss Medlock had bought a lunch basket at one of the stations, and they had some chicken and cold beef and bread and butter and some hot tea. The rain seemed to be streaming down more heavily than ever, and everybody in the station wore wet and glistening waterproofs. The guard lighted the lamps in the carriage, and Mrs. Medlock cheered up very much over her tea and chicken and beef. She ate a great deal and afterwards fell asleep herself. Mary sat and stared at her and watched her fine bonnet slip on one side until she herself fell asleep once more in the corner of the carriage, lulled by the splashing of the rain against the windows. It was quite dark when she awakened again. The train had stopped at a station, and Mrs. Medlock was shaking her. You've had a sleep, she said. It's time to open your eyes. We're at Thwaite Station, and we've got a long drive before us. Mary stood up and tried to keep her eyes open while Mrs. Medlock collected her parcels. The little girl didn't offer to help her, because in India native servants always picked up or carried things, and it seemed quite proper that other people should wait on one. The station was a small one, and nobody but themselves seemed to be getting off the train. The station master spoke to Mrs. Medlock in a rough, good-natured way, pronouncing his words in a queer, broad fashion, which Mary found out afterwards was Yorkshire. I see this got back, he said, and as brown as young and with the... Aye, that's her, said Mrs. Medlock, speaking with the Yorkshire accent herself, and jerking her head over her shoulder towards Mary. How's thy missus? Will ye now? The carriage is waiting outside for thee. A brougham stood on the road, before the little outside platform. Mary saw that it was a smart carriage, and that it was a smart footman who helped her in. His long waterproof coat and the waterproof coverings of his hat were shining and dripping in the rain, as everything was. The burly station master included. When he shut the door, mounted the box with the coachman, and they drove off, the little girl found herself seated in a comfortably cushioned corner, and she was not inclined to go to sleep again. She sat and looked out the window, curious to see something of the road over which was being driven, to the queer place that Mrs. Medlock had spoken of. She was not at all a timid child, and she was not exactly frightened, but she felt that there was no knowing what might happen in a house with a hundred rooms, nearly all shut up. A house standing on the edge of a moor, 
What is a moor? She said suddenly to Mrs. Medlock. Look out the window. In about ten minutes you'll see, the woman answered. We've got to drive five miles across Missile Moor before we get to the manor. You won't see much because it's a dark night, but you can see something. Mary asked no more questions, but waited in the darkness of her corner, keeping her eyes on the window. The carriage lamps cast rays of light a little distance ahead of them, and she caught glimpses of things as they passed. After they had left the station, they had driven through a tiny village, and she had seen whitewashed cottages and the lights of a public house. They had passed a church and a vicarage and a little shop window in a cottage with toys and sweets and odd things set out for sale. Then they were on the high road, and she saw hedges and trees. After that, there seemed to be nothing different for a long time, or at least it seemed like a long time to her. At last, the horses began to go more slowly, as if they were climbing uphill, and presently there seemed to be no more hedges and no more trees. She could see nothing, in fact, but a dense darkness on either side. She leaned forward and pressed her face against the window, just as the carriage gave a big jolt. Uh, we're on the moor now, sure enough, said Mrs. Bentlock. The carriage lamps shed a yellow light on the rough-looking road, which seemed to be cut through bushes and low-growing things, which ended in a great expanse of dark, apparently spread out before and around them. The wind was rising and making a singular, wild, low-rushing sound. It's, it's not the sea, is it? said Mary, looking around at her companion. No, it's not, answered Mrs. Medlock. Nor it isn't fields nor mountains. It's just miles and miles and miles of wild land that nothing grows on but heather and gorse and broom, and nothing lives on but wild ponies and sheep. I feel as if it might be the sea, if there were water on it, said Mary. It sounds like the sea just now. That's the wind blowing through the bushes, Mrs. Medlock said. It's a wild and dreary enough place in my mind. But there's plenty that likes it, particularly when the heather's in bloom. On and on they drove, through the darkness. And though the rain had stopped, the wind rushed by and whistled and made strange sounds. The road went up and down, and several times the carriage passed over little bridges beneath which water rushed very fast, with a great deal of noise. Mary felt as if the drive would never come to an end, 
and that the wild, bleak moor was a wide expanse of black ocean through which she was passing on a strip of dry land. I don't like it, she said to herself, and she pinched her thin lips more tightly together. The horses were climbing up a hilly piece of road when she first caught sight of a light. Mrs. Medlock saw it as soon as she did and drew a long sigh of relief. Oh, I'm glad to see that bit of light twinkling, she exclaimed. It's the light in the lodge window. We shall get a good cup of tea after a bit, at all events. It was after a bit, as she said, for when the carriage passed through the park gates, there was still two miles of avenue to drive through the trees, which nearly met overhead and made it seem as if they were driving through a long, dark vault. They drove out of the vault and into a clear space and stopped before an immensely long but low-built house, which seemed to ramble around a stone court. At first, Mary thought that there were no lights at all in the windows, but as she got out of the carriage, she saw that one room in the corner upstairs showed a dull glow. The entrance door was a huge one made of massive, curiously shaped panels of oak studded with big iron nails and bound with great iron bars. It opened into an enormous hall, which was so dimly lit that the faces in the portraits on the walls and the figures in the suits of armor made Mary feel that she didn't want to look at them. As she stood on the stone floor, she looked a very small, odd little black figure, and she felt as small and lost and odd as she looked. A neat, thin old man stood near the manservant who opened the door for them. You are to take her to her room, he said in a husky voice. He doesn't want to see her. He's going to London in the morning. Very well, Mr. Pritcher, said Mrs. Medlock. So long as I know what's expected of me, I can manage. What's expected of you, Mrs. Medlock, said Mr. Pritcher, is that you make sure that he's not disturbed and that he doesn't see what he doesn't want to see. And then Mary Lennox was led up a broad staircase and down a long corridor and up a short flight of steps and through another corridor and another until a door opened in a wall and she found herself in a room with a fire in it and supper on the table. Mrs. Medlock said unceremoniously, Well, here you are. This room and the next are where you'll live, and you must keep to them. Don't you forget that. It was this way that Mistress Mary arrived in Misselthwaite Manor, and she had perhaps never felt quite so contrary 
in all her life. And that brings us to the end of chapter 3, and now it's time to continue to listen and relax and drift off into a wonderful sleep if you haven't already. Imagine for a moment that the air around you is filled with relaxation so that each time you breathe in you inhale relaxation into your body and as it goes into your lungs all those tiny tiny molecules of relaxation go into your bloodstream and begin to circulate through your entire body and as all those tiny molecules of relaxation circulate throughout your body each and every muscle begins to relax now I don't know if it's your feet that begin to relax first or perhaps your legs maybe all the muscles in your shoulders just relax or perhaps those relaxing sensations begin at the tips of your fingers and then spread up your arms into your shoulders and down through your entire body every muscle and every fiber is reached by all those tiny molecules of relaxation and each breath you take in you inhale more and more tiny molecules of relaxation that help you relax more and more deeply and any stress built up in your body can be released in the reverse process and each time you exhale all those tiny little molecules of stress get expelled from your body and into the area around you where they dissipate and disappear that's right breathing in relaxation and exhaling any tension all that stress and tension just gets carried away from those muscles and into that air in your lungs that you just 
Breathe out. And you may even notice that each time you exhale, you sink down a little bit more into the surface that's supporting you as you just let go and relax more deeply. And in a moment, it may even begin to feel like you're surrounded by a white, fluffy cloud that supports your completely relaxed body. And this cloud has a unique capability to absorb any negativity that you've been carrying with you. That's right. Breathing in relaxation. Exhaling all tension. And allowing that cloud that surrounds you to absorb any negativity. As you relax more and more deeply, becoming more and more comfortable. And another unique thing that this cloud provides to anyone that is surrounded by it is the ability tomorrow to look at all things that happen in your life in a positive way. Everything that happens to us can have a positive meaning. It's the meaning that we choose to give anything in our lives that determines whether we feel good or bad about it. And just for one day, tomorrow, I want you to pay special attention to all the interactions you have and all the things that transpire. And challenge yourself to find a positive meaning a positive perspective on every single thing. Tomorrow, you can refuse to let anything make you angry. Tomorrow, you can allow yourself to feel like you are the luckiest 
most privileged person in the world. Allow yourself to feel nothing but good. Be patient and just allow everything that happens around you to be looked at in a positive light. And perhaps you may even notice that when you expect positive things, positive things will show up. It's far too easy to let things upset us and disrupt our positive energy. So tomorrow, from the moment you awaken, look for the positive perspective on everything and notice the difference it makes in how much you enjoy your day and how much less stressful your day is. The time to enjoy your life is not in the future. It's every single day. Because every day that you live is precious and can never be repeated. So tomorrow, totally and completely, enjoy your day. And for now, I'd like you to just let every muscle relax a little bit more. And I want to thank you for being a patron and for all the support you've given to these meditations. Because without you, none of this would be possible. So allow that cloud to continue to absorb all that negativity within you as you breathe in positive relaxing energy and exhale any tension. That's right. Sleep now. Sleep 